Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tenacity Strength Fit for Duty podcast. I am one of the hosts, Larry Brown. Other co-hosts we have is uh, the always glowing Vaughn Atin. How you doing today, buddy? Hey, guys. What's up? Man, uh, busy week in the news. Uh, gyms reopening. Yeah. A lot of gyms reopening. Um, some, some, some with the blessing of the government, some on their own. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know in Ohio, um, and I have been keeping tabs. I've been keeping tabs on Ohio. Um, they gyms in the state formed a collective and sued the government, local Excellent. government there, and won. Excellent. And won. So the they're going to be open right to petition the government, man. You know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good on those guys there. Uh, Marietta uh, Metroflex Gym in Marietta, California. Okay. Uh, they're they're going to be opening up on uh, Memorial Day against so the governor's that's, orders. That's this weekend. What is that, tomorrow? Yeah, I, I saw that on uh, Jay Cutler's uh, YouTube. Um, so they're going to be opening up, and that's, that's definitely flying in the face of uh, the governor out there, Gavin Newsom. And I know something happened around your neck of the woods in New Jersey. Yes. So give us a little down low on that, what happened out there. Sure. So I don't want to mispronounce the name of the gym. It's, Atl- it's Atlas Gym, mm-hmm. and it's in Belmar, New Jersey. Um, and two of the owners there decided that they were going to institute their own common sense precautions for gym owners to be able to come into the gym. Um, one person on piece of equipment, the equipment in the gym is distanced. Everybody gets a spray bottle when they enter, so they have to clean, disinfect their equipment before and after use. Everyone has to wear a mask. They take temperatures at the door with a temperature gun. Um, they ask you to sign a medical release form, and they just ask everyone to respect the rules of social distancing, basic sanitary uh, precautions, and to be courteous of each other. And they went ahead and they decided to open up their gyms. The governor here um, sent the cops. The Some of the gym goers formed a human chain to prevent the arrest of the gym owners. And the police, uh, to their credit, I believe this is police in the right way and what we as law enforcement should do. Instead of creating a bad situation, all they did was say, hey, sir, this is your in violation of this, this statute. Here's a ticket. Have a nice day. They returned a day later um, because the governor made him come out because the governor is now being made to look bad in the news that he's being defied. I mean, is he a governor or is he Emperor Palpatine? So, mm-hmm. so he sent this poor cop, you know, I guess this cop could be considered Darth Vader at this point, to enforce the will of New Jersey's governor, uh, Phil Murphy, and the cop had to issue another summons. My heart went out to that cop that he had to be put in the middle of that nonsense but the way his department allowed him, and I don't know if it was his department who made the call to Hamlet that way, I give him top marks for because they didn't exacerbate the situation. They showed great empathy. They understood that these guys faced two choices, open up the gym and let people take responsibility for themselves and their own health, or let their business that they worked hard to build slowly suffocate under these these closed-down walls. And to be honest with you, as, as, as much as I am, in favor of getting doing what we have to do to get past this thing. Um, 
if you have a gym or any business that you built and now you're seeing that thing kind of die in front of you and you can do something about it, even if that thing flies in the face of the law, this history has a rich tradition of that starting from the um, Boston Massacre, mm -hmm. right through the civil, civil rights era, right up until these, right up until current day when people are protesting in front of government buildings with AR-15s because they have to wear masks and social distance. The only way you can't do that is if you want to take a knee at a football game during the national anthem, all of a sudden you're not a patriot. But we discussed prior to that, that we're not going to go there. We're not, we're not going to go there. It may, may, may trigger some people. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Some of those triggers may be attached to AR-15, so let's I know, not. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Poor Michigan. Okay. But I, I mean, you know, I definitely see it from us. Uh, from two standpoints and i think you'd have to be uh, absolute you have to be borderline an idiot to look at this issue from just one aspect right absolutely so, you know you got the aspect of public safe public health public safety public health um i don't even know where we're at are we flattening the curve are we trying to find a cure like what are we doing we i don't I don't think we know at this point because no one said we haven't heard from from Fauci really outside of that hearing in weeks. So is the curve flattening? Uh, like we're still spiking in some states, but testing has become more widespread. So that's going to become a little bit more like what are we doing at this point? So we can't expect gym owners and other business owners to stay closed when they put their livelihood on the table. Exactly. Now, these are these are people who took the initiative in the first place to chase after their version of the American dream to start a small business, to start a gym and to get into something that they love. We're not talking these big corporate chains here because they, they don't care. They're going to stay shut down as long as they have your credit card information on file. Don't make up the money somewhere. Trust and believe. I'm but here. I'm here. OK, keep going. But these small gym owners, you know, they took out loans, they put their houses up, you know, some of them put their kids' educational funds up, and they don't have a choice, you know? I mean, they are the definition of the American dream, and you can't just watch your dream suffocate until the government gets its shit together to figure out something. And someone, someone um, described the situation as trying to, trying to learn how to fly a plane while you're building that plane. You understand what I'm saying? Like the plane's already in the air and it's not even, we don't know where we're going exactly on this. And it's a novel disease. We're not going to know. We have to make the best choices that we can. The government's making their choices and the citizens are making theirs. And who, whose side do you come down on? I'm not going to make a choice because there are no good choices to make in a situation like this. No, absolutely not. Um, you're going to pick the lesser two evils. It just is what it is. Um, that's, that's the majority of things in life. You pick the lesser two evils. So, you know, the gym that I'm the gym that I'm a, a big fan of that I was a member of for years, I have a deep love in my heart for it. Uh, quads gym back home, mm -hmm. um, the, the world famous quads gym, world famous quads gym. You know, Dave DeYoung, the owner there, is going through a very, very much a similar situation, and like he can't open because Chicago ain't gonna play that, he'll get fined. Like oh. immediately, immediately. But we'll send them them boys in there. Oh, exactly. Prisker ain't playing, Lloyd Lightfoot ain't playing. Right. So 
you know, now they're coming down with, okay, gyms can operate, but with 10 people inside of a space, like you can't really realistically expect uh, a small business owner like that on that scale of a gym to be able to maintain any type of revenue, any type of membership level. Like you just can't really expect that. So I'm, I'm almost, and I hate to sound like an anarchist, like please don't take it as such people. But I'm I'm to the point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck everybody. Do you? Um, no, because you got to put food on your table. It's, it's, it's not really anarchy because it gets to the point where, okay, do you sit back and you want to let mass government tell you what's best for you in every aspect of your life and under the, under the pretense that we're currently under an, an emergency? So now... Even your business that you worked hard for, that may die. You know, you, you may get saddled with all these debts. You may fall. Who knows how many generations it took for someone to get that up? Like you, you can set back your family a, a few generations in poverty because we know what's best for I you. I found this on the web. Government is gonna listen. Government is gonna be fine. They're gonna find someone to tax. Do you know how hard it is for someone to start back from zero? To get their to get their gym business going again, how much hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of equipment, loans, uh, marketing, promotion, etc. They put forth to open up a gym. So listen, man. And if it's not for, if it wasn't for gyms, if it wasn't for good, strong, healthy Americans to kind of get us through times like this, we'd be in a lot worse shape. But bars are open. I mean, not bars. Liquor stores are open. Model stores are open. They're giving away liquor and cigarettes and stuff to homeless people in San Diego so they could stay in their hotel so they don't go out and spread it. But a, a hardworking gym owner, it, 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 it's no longer something I can support. And I work for the government. I'm a police officer in New York City. If they sent me to the local gym, shout out to PI Fitness out here on Staten Island. God forbid one day the, the owners of PI Fitness flung their doors open. And if it was up to me, if they're sending Detective Vaughn, thank God that's not my role or assignment. They were sending Detective Vaughn Etienne to go shut down PI Fitness. Guess what? I'm going to get a leg day in while I'm there. And then I'm going to come out and be like, all right, Sarge, uh, you got to suspend me right now because I ain't shutting shit down. And I'm going to go take a 30-day vacation. No. And whatever is the case is the case after that. Again, it all, it all goes back to common sense. I, I, I think we as a society... And we're and we just said at the beginning of the podcast we ain't gonna get too heavy, but we're getting heavy. We're already in this murky territory. Yeah, I, I think we as a society uh, again depend on massive government too much because we as human beings don't know how to police ourselves. Absolutely, we we know we're in this environment. We know what is required of this environment. We know face masks are gonna be around for a while. Right. Oh, hand sanitizer is now part of our future. We know this cure or this vaccine. We're not even talking cure. Like, fucking cure. Like, right. there's no cure for the flu. A vaccine that might work 40 to 50% of the time if we're lucky. If we're, we're talking lucky. About. If we're lucky. So this thing is here for essentially life now. Right. Get so, used to what we're going through. Are so, we going to be... Are we going to be back at max capacity at gyms? Are we going to be back at, are we going to have sporting events? Are we going to have festivals? Or Yes, all of that will come back. We got a long, painful road ahead of us. 
So either you adjust now and realize that this shit is going to go on for a while, or you just get stuck by the wayside reminiscing about what used to be. We ain't got time for used to be no more. And you know what? The businesses that are going to survive are going to be fall into certain categories. Those who can lobby and schmooze and throw money at the government to stay open, like you got the big ticket stores and all of these all of these outlets that can manage to stay open are going to finagle their way into opening earlier. Or it's going to be the businesses that fight to open that says, I'm going to open and you're going to have to come and shut me down and find me and all of this stuff. And traditionally, anyone that marches in and you kind of shut down anyone fighting for their survival and their rights, when you fight against people who are fighting the good fight, you're on the wrong side of history. Look at the civil rights era. All those people were... Dr. Martin Luther King, he's a hero today. He was an agitator and an agent of the Communist Party and all kinds of ungodly stuff when he was doing what he was doing. So those people were always looked upon in their time as the worst sort of people by society in general, by the news media and by the government. And history proved them to be exactly what they are, you know, doing the right thing, doing God's work. So people who are opening up gyms, I don't want to I don't want to raise that to the level of the civil rights movement, you know, it certainly isn't. But people who want to advocate for their rights to conduct commerce in a safe way, they're not the worst of offenders. I mean, I have more of a problem with people marching on state capitals with AR-15s around their shoulders because they don't, I don't want to wear no mask, you know. And I have more of a problem with people like that than I do with people who actually have businesses that they don't want to see die and they're petitioning the government or they're opening the government, the, the business and saying, you know what, government, you want me, come and get me. And at some point, like, stuff has to start opening back up. Like, I don't know why many people thought it was realistic to even stay closed for two, three, four months, stay in a lockdown that long. I tell you what. I'm one of those people who I heard on the side of caution because I was in the thick of the shit here in New York City and I was seeing those 787 per day death toll numbers. I was going to a DOA call after DOA call every night. I was going in there in a full suit um, telling grieving family members, please stay back six feet at the lowest moment in their lives. There's a family member dead in the other room and I'm treating them like a leper. And I was doing that night after night. And the nurses and doctors here were holding people's hands who were dying alone because their family members were not allowed in the hospital. And they were doing that for 12, 14, 16-hour shifts, night after night after night. And so all of us in that situation, we can see the side of it that said, what's going to make this stop? We were told and led to believe, and we believe that closing down some businesses would make it stop. We were in a situation of desperation, trying to be compassionate for those dying and those left behind. So we sided with those who said, we have a solution to this death, grief, and misery, shut it down. Now we have a little bit of clarity. Things seem to be easing up in New York, thank God. Um, we can take a look where we are now and take a look at it a little bit more objectively without that emotion playing on you and be like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I think you can open up a gym or two here and there. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Dif different experiences will make you think different ways. Seeing the way things are now, okay, what we did stem the tide of this thing, but keeping people from exercising their rights isn't going to be the thing that kind of wins the day when it comes to this disease. So let's kind of ease up on people, take the boots off of people's neck, let them open up and run their businesses. That's the side I'm kind of favoring towards now. There it is. I mean, nothing really more to be said on it. Yeah. Uh, and now that people are getting back into gyms, uh, I, I want them to be very careful in yes. that you've had about five, six weeks off. Yes. We don't know what the eating situation of a lot of, like the top guys are taking care of business. They kind of was like, okay, I'm too paranoid. I need my training to go. So they've outfitted their home gyms. Right. But like for normal Joe Blow schmuckatellis like me, um, we've been out the gym for a while. We need to start back very, very slowly. Um, I have a couple of takes on it, but um, I want you to explain it because you brought up a couple of good points that I do like. Mm -hmm. So go into how people should uh, start coming back to the gym and when they start constructing these, uh, these training cycles, right. what they should do, how they should put it together, and um, just walk us through that. So you've, your body is now used to a little bit of a sedentary state, sedentary lifestyle. They say it takes 21 days to form a habit in your mind and for muscle memory to start taking hold. You have to do X amount of repetitions. And once it's there, it's there. But being away from it for that long, I started training at my workplace gym uh, three weeks ago, and it was six weeks of me not training with weights. And my strength levels went to shit. Everything felt as it felt like I walked into the gym, I picked everything up, and it felt like someone turned the gravity up way higher than it should be. I felt like I was Dragon Ball Z training in the uh, hyperbolic time chamber. You know? Yeah. Yeah, everything felt super heavy, dude. So I think people have to realize when you go back in there, you're going to have to cut down volume. And like you would increase your weight and your reps over time, you're not going to have to increase your volume over time. After you do your feet upsets, your warm-up sets, man – do two work sets, leave some reps in reserve. Don't try to go hard to failure. Um, try to pick compound exercises, some of the best exercises that work for your body type. In the, you know, program that in. Don't expect too much of yourself. Just go in there, get some blood flowing. You know, get used to it again and give yourself time. If you were inactive for six weeks, you think you're going to bounce back in two, four, six weeks? No, let yourself... Have the excitement knowing that you have some place to go now. You have something to look forward to. Get in better, add in more sets, add in more reps, add in more volume. Week after week, slowly, so you can get back to eventually where you were in the gym. Now, how would you, pro like, say this is week one, and today is my back day, and I have not trained in six weeks. How would you program a workout for me? Well, the first thing that we have to get rid of is that we got to get rid of the traditional body part split for a little while and i want you to hear me out on this is that i am a fan of full body training when we're just initially starting to work out mm -hmm. if we're morbidly obese or if we've taken a long stretch of time off reason being the body works synergistically a little bit better when you're coming into a training environment um 
full body training for morbidly obese people has been shown to be very effective at improving body composition, strength, what have you. But the reason why full body training, I feel, is much more effective than going into a body part split is because you're giving your entire body multiple times per dope, uh, doses of training multiple times per week. Mm. So you're coming back Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's okay. just put that out there. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three days a week. Okay. None of these are to failure. Um, these are on a rate of perceived exertion scale of around about seven to eight. Okay. Not, you're, you're physically not ready for a nine or a 10. All right. You don't really want to go below a seven because for some people, a six is a warm up set or it just really starts to get you in tune to a workout. So we want to keep the RPE around about seven or eight. Let me just jump in here. Now, when you say your RPE, your rate of perceived exertion, I need people to understand that that's going to tra translate into a number on the bar of, of, of pounds that is a lot less than when you left off. So don't kick yourself, don't get down on yourself too much because you're not lifting as heavy as you were when you left off. Exactly. And again, we're merely just waking the body back up. Size and strength is gonna come back provided that you have adherence to the diet and adherence to the training program. And you just need to start off that slow with training wheels on and i always err on the side of caution when it comes back to, when it comes to layoffs anyway you're gonna have to err on the side of caution because injuries happen you didn't have access to external loads you were working out with bands you were working out with body weight it is what it is so with those three days we're gonna run that for four uh weeks right so then at that point after four weeks, after five weeks, we'll back off a little bit, lower the volume, kind of give the body a little bit more rest. Yes, even though you came off of a long rest, you just put your body through a stress it hadn't been through, so you need to let it recover. Think of it, think of yourself as going into an oven as a steak, and then you gotta let the steak rest and all that, right? Right. So we get, come off that week rest. And then when we go back into it, we go into push-pull legs. Okay. Now, you want to look at the body part that you'd like to improve. For me, legs are an ongoing struggle, so I want to train legs twice a week. Okay. So we're going to do a heavy day. We're going to do a pump day. Very John Meadow-ish. Okay. Right? And we're going to rock that push-pull legs for as long as we can until we squeeze out everything. Exercise rotations. Um, we're stalling on lifts. We're going to squeeze it until we just cannot get anything else. And then we're going to go into a body part split. But okay. coming back, I mean, you got to be you got to be ready for that three day a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, a full body training. Um, it's not anything that's uh, super difficult. It's not anything that's going to debilitate you, but it's going to challenge you. And again, it's just to wake the body back up. It's just to wake the body back up, get some nutrients shutting around. I mean, I got four packs of Oreos I need to move throughout my body. So, I mean, <laughs> um, what it is. I don't even want to show you what I got sitting on my stove staring at me right now. <laughs> oh, God, I can only imagine. Oh, my God. But this is your free day anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, this is, you know, I, I, I've been trying something new on, on, on my free meal Fridays. I've just been um, eating 
clean meals, just as much. I'm not weighing, so I'm eating with my eyes. I'm like, okay, this is how much I want to eat, not as opposed to when I'm eating on my plan. You know, I know how much I need for maintenance, for cutting. So I'm not weighing or tracking any macros on the one day of the week, free meal Friday, and then I throw in a nice dessert, whatever I want at the end of the day, you know, um, which is a good segue into nutritionally what you should be doing once you started training because some people listen it's always a good idea to keep the diet as tight as possible when you're not training that way it's a smoother transition for you but i understand this is a stressful time a lot of people stressy you know the, uh, the, just the supermarkets are crazy you can't get what you want um a lot of people aren't working now so they can't necessarily afford to eat so-called clean you know a lot of the high quality high nutrient foods are expensive and people have to now pick and choose what they're going to do with their money. So I get it, man. I'm not judging anyone who kind of fell off the diet train during any of this. Listen, there. I'm I'm surprised. Honestly, my wife and I were talking the other day. I'm surprised that the suicide rate in this country has not spiked dramatically. Gyms are shut down. A lot of bodybuilders, a lot of people in the fitness industry, we mask a lot of pain, a lot of shit um, with those weights because mm -hmm. it's the one drug or another so to speak when it comes to a lot of people in the fitness industry um a lot of times mental illness is staved off because of the the high we get from training the structure we put into our diets and our training when there's no other structure in our life things we can control in the gym and diet wise versus things we can't control and all of that was taken away all of those forms of control and 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 coping that people had was taken away from them and the fact that suicides haven't spiked dramatically is a minor miracle. And least of all, you eat in a little bit more freely during all of this time. That said, getting back into it, gyms are starting to open up. Week one, you're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, full body part. What I say right away, get back on a plan. Find out what your maintenance calories are supposed to be. Go to a 40-40-20 split in terms of um, your percentages of carbs, protein to fats, 40% 40 of your diet should be protein, 40% of your diet should be carbs, 20% should be fats based upon what your maintenance calories are and those breakdowns and how that breaks down into those macros. Now, eliminate the junk except for one or two days a week. Give yourself one good meal on Wednesday, one good meal Saturday night, call them cheat meals, call them free meals, call them whatever you want. I don't need 100% adherence now. I don't expect 100% ad adherence, at least not in the first four weeks. So give yourself time. As you get back into it and you start to see your body come back live and you start to feel the blood and, and the pumps and your digestion just starts working better, better glute floor translocation. So your body composition is starting to change more favorably. You know, all those good things start the fire starts building back up, then start eliminating some of the stuff you know you know you're not supposed to have. Move your meals around to 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 complement your training, and go from there. But for the first four weeks, like like you said, I would take it easy. Find where you find your maintenance calories. Go right to maintenance. You don't want to be eating in a surplus. You don't. You definitely don't want to be eating in a deficit at this time. You want your body to take full advantage of all the nutrients it can. Just go right to maintenance and rock out there for a little bit. Your body probably will change composition-wise favorably in, in those four weeks just off maintenance alone and training again. 
you know, that's, so that's what I suggest. And I think what, what I want to communicate to people is that when you're coming off a stressful time as this, routine and rigidness can help calm your anxiety, can help calm uh, you down a lot because a lot of the, a lot of the freedom you, freedom you had yes. is, is, now, is now gone in regards to training and diet. So you need that rigidness. I have to eat at a certain time. I have to train at a certain time. I have to go to bed at a certain time. I have to wake up at a certain time. Or else the dominoes will start to fall when I'm off plan. Right. So it, it does bring a bit of, um, of um, relaxation, so to speak. You know, a little bit of security uh, to people when they have to go back onto a, onto a program. Um, now I know there was something that we both spoke about and it was in regards, and we're going to double back to training here. Um, you're not going to be as strong or anything like that. So what you really want to focus on is the mechanical tension that you put on the muscle. And I feel a lot of bodybuilders miss the mark on that. And I, myself included, it's something that I've I've consciously had to implement, especially the older I've gotten, keeping all the pressure on the muscle and taking not 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 de-emphasizing load, but knowing that I need to standardize my form and the tension that I put on the muscle before I can pile on more weight. So talk about that a little bit. Right. So Maybe you want to pick up a specific cadence in terms of contraction and, um, I'm sorry, my mind just went up. Okay, so when you perform a rep, you want to put a certain uh, time in your mind. You want to do a one, two, three count going up, and then coming down, you want to put a one, two, three count, just so that you understand that your muscles don't need to feel heavy weight. They need to perceive load. Mm -hmm. They don't know the numbers on the barbell. When you're performing any kind of lift, when you want to contract a muscle, um, when you want to release a contraction on a muscle, sometimes putting it, slowing down the rep will actually benefit you a lot. This yeah. time you can rep it out and pump it out. But right now, I think you should slow things down, increase that mind-muscle connection, really put your head mentally into the muscle groups that you are working. Instead of just worrying about getting, getting something up or getting it down, put your head into that muscle. Close your eyes. Picture your lats contracting in. Picture your rhomboids compressing. Picture your body working the way it's supposed to work whenever you do that rep. If, if you can't close your eyes and if you can't do that rep with no weight in your hand, you can't push with no weight in your hand and feel the muscle, then what's the use of putting weights in your hands to do that? So I think now is a good time in the beginning when strength is not that great anyway to go right back to my muscle connection and emphasize time under tension so that you get proper mechanical stress in the muscle. That's a great habit to adopt now and keep it with you going forward and not to lose sight of it. It's kind of like hitting the reset button. We all kind of got like a gym reset button 
we got like a free man. It's like playing Super Mario Brothers. You get one of those green mushrooms. Oh, yeah. You got Easy. a free man now. Don't waste it. You know, this is a good time to kind of go right back to basics and really emphasize mind-muscle connection, time under tension, and proper form for a lot of people. Because even me, I, I could always go back to the drawing board on my squat. I could always go back and try to fix my ankle mobility. But, you know, a lot of time trying to lift weights way too heavy for me, having small joints, I got jacked up knees, jacked up ankles, and my, and my lower back is questionable at best. But, you know, there's other things I can do. I can't hack squat, I can't leg press, I can't do walking lunges, I can't do, I can't, I can't throw a, a, what do you call it, bar on a transformer bar or a, um, uh, hello, not the transformer bar, what's the other one? Safety. Safety squat bar. Yeah. I can get excellent form on my on my squats with those. I just can't, you know, I can't I can't barbell squat the way I used to, and that's great. I'm not trying to break any Olympic records lifting uh, lifting that lift ever again. So now is the time to go back to the drawing board and kind of fix the holes, plug in the gaps of your form and of the way you think about training in your head, and you know you can make a lot of good progress going forward. Yeah, and. Um... I don't, I'm not a fan of saying you have to take your ego out of it. You have to have a kind of a big ego to be involved with bodybuilding, especially on a competitive side. Absolutely. But it's like um, another person I listen to, his name is Dr. Mike Israel. We're going to try to get him on the, we're going to try to get him on the show soon. Um, your ego has to be reframed to where you're just putting pressure on the muscle and making it grow. Um, so this will be an interesting time for a lot of people who prescribe, quite frankly, um, to the Ronnie Coleman School of Bodybuilding, the Yeah, the yeah Buddy class, um, training with no tension, heavy-ass weight, which can work for some people. Didn't work for me and didn't work for a few of the others that um, I'm closer associated with. But shortened a lot of bodybuilding careers too. I gotta tell you, it 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 shortened a whole lot. Um, it's, it's funny because somebody put up a post today of why would you do a T bar row with a V bar attachment, knowing full well uh, how your elbow should go, how your arms. It's like a close grip. It's like a uh, a close grip T bar bicep curl. Um, so. Um, I think people need to put a little bit more thought into how they approach their bodybuilding, about how they improve, approach uh, weak body part um, training, training optimization, things of that nature. They have to look at their whole entire training plan, their macro cycle, and understand that all the micro cycles inside of that yearly uh, monthly, uh, multiple months plan plays a role. So they're going to have to really start thinking about uh, how to put pressure on that muscle and keep it there to keep it growing and tissue healthy and, you know, just making improvements. And even for, you know, even for our, because um, I got a lot of friends in New York on the, on the NYPD powerlifting team. Um, shout out to Mike Smith. Um, to, to my boy Dylan, Jamal, all those guys on the powerlifting team, you know, Jay Spence, uh, a lot of good guys, uh, strong dudes. And 
if you're into powerlifting now, you have to start re-envision where you're going. You have to, this. You have a unique opportunity to build all your weak lifts from the ground up. Your strong lifts are your strong lifts. They're always going to be your strong lifts. They'll come back. You probably already got the proper form down for them. That's why you're, they're your strong lifts. But your weak lifts could actually pay off from following these tips as well because now is a good time to go back to see where you have holes in your mobility, see where you have holes in your mind-muscle connection because even in powerlifting, you're not trying to necessarily grow that muscle, make it stronger, but you have to have a functional understanding and a mental connection with the muscles that are responsible for that lift in order to activate them for them to work properly. So this is also a good time for people into powerlifting to kind of get a, a, another point of view and a, a good reset on a lot of your lagging lifts and use this as an opportunity to build those lifts from scratch. Easily, easily. Um, I think what both of us are trying to communicate, uh, folks, is that as far as training goes, as far as the weights go, uh, this time that we're in is a perfect opportunity to reset. And everyone needs to reset. Um, I'm, I'm actually happy that I ended up having to take these six weeks off from the gym because I was never going to take six weeks off from the gym in the foreseeable future, you know, and um, my joints, for the most part, small as they are, um, instead of always being in some form of pain and, you know, disarray, my joints are feeling pretty healthy lately. So I'm looking at this as an opportunity, you know, kind of to make a, a, a positive out of a negative and move forward and hopefully make some more improvements slowly over time. Exactly. And I think people uh, don't understand is that you need to make improvement. You're not meant to stay the same the whole time if you're working out. So, um, but outside of that, I mean, I think we've touched everything on uh, training, nutrition and all that. Um, who are you watching on Instagram as far as uh, bodybuilders go? Who's, who's impressing you right now with adherence, with their training with uh, just everything that encompasses bodybuilding. Who, who's impressing you right now? All right. My wife is probably going to have something to say about this. Boy, Casey Fati, IFBB Pro. Okay. He, um, he's been making like the most of home workouts and bodybuilding that I've seen on Instagram of guys who are without a gym, like he trained. You still there or are you frozen? Larry looks frozen. It's a conspiracy. Are you I there? know, it's, it's a CEO okay. conspiracy. So he's been making the most of a home, a home gym with bands, hockey sticks, sandbags, and a tree that I've seen anybody outside of, um, uh, what's this guy? He's the PhD fortitude strength. Oh, Scott Stevenson. Yeah, Casey Fati has been making the most out of some uh, stuff hanging around a yard um, outside of Scott Stevenson that I've seen. And Scott Stevenson would be number two. See, when you have a real in-depth understanding of how the body works, you can make it work with anything. And Scott Stevenson has been absolutely killing it out there in oh. terms of not having access to a gym, just some bands, maybe some logs, some some trees in his backyard, some fall, fallen timber, fencing, 
and whatever else. And he's been like still schooling people with training. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching Kate. I've been watching Casey Fati. I've been watching Scott Stevenson. Um, and of course, people who still have access to t- traditional gyms or home gyms, um, you know, and are still killing it. They just opened up the Dragon's Lair again. So, you know, um, Flex Lewis, Jonathan De La Rosa, um, those guys down there are, are, are you know, they, they look, I don't know, I think they've been sneaking into that gym and just not posting pics. They're all looking super swole down there. I know what you guys have been up to. Shame. Yeah. You guys could have invited me. Like, come on. Exactly. You need some sun anyway. Exactly. Um, outside of that, you know, I don't, um, whew, tough to say, who, 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 who have you seen in these times, you know, kind of not letting these times keep them away from being on point? Uh, Matt Jansen has been doing a bang up job as far as staying on his plan. Um, you know, he out, so Matt is a, was a sneaker collector or is a sneaker collector. And apparently, if I remember the story correctly, I may be a little incorrect. Uh, his garage was filled with sneakers. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, like Matt already has his coaching business and he's a co-founder of Revived MD. So he's not hurting for money, right? So he ends up selling a lot of his sneakers, a lot of his sneakers, which are Jordans. Wow. So he got a couple of grand. He gets into a Penske truck, drives to North Carolina, picks up equipment and outfits his gym in around about two days. Wow. And his gym ain't bad at all. It's actually quite impressive. So I've been watching him. Okay. Uh, James Hollingshead, who's now with uh, Italian coach Patrick Tutor, uh, who's responsible for a lot of these crazy transformations you've probably seen on IG. He's been killing it. Um Jordan Peters, another British guy, he's been killing it, um, outfitting his garage. Um, you know, and it's it's just too many to name. Uh, there's one particular dude, and I bring him up uh, because because he's like me. He's Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. So, As am I. Exactly. So mm-hmm. if, for those that don't know, the holy month of Ramadan has been going on for the past few weeks. The final day of it is tomorrow. But this gentleman by the name of Hockey Move Fitness, he's in New Jersey, right? Um, he trains during the day. During the day. And he's he's an animal, right? Squatting 405, benching 405. During Ramadan? During Ramadan. Dur- during the day. I at least, I'm a mortal, so I have to break my fast first. Right. I, I cannot train during the day during the month of Ramadan. I just cannot. Um, he's able to do it somehow. And I think that just goes to show how much people that train have a never-say-die attitude and how much their mind uh, contributes to their success. Uh, he's been absolutely killing it. I don't um, even. I don't even fast during Ramadan, so, you know, and I'm still finding it hard to train. I can only imagine training fasted. It's it's not fun, you know. So last year I did a whole YouTube series on my page about Ramadan training and things that I'm doing. Um, so 
one thing that I that I fell off the wagon with that I really should have been doing, and I got this chip tip from George Farah, adding pink Himalayan sea salt to the intra workout. Okay. Um, I haven't been on any type of pre workout outside of yesterday for the past few weeks for the simple fact that caffeine is a natural dehydration agent. I'm right. already dehydrated by the time the session comes. So I need my intra workout and my pre-workout to have some type of cell volumizing effect, some way to help me hydrate right. uh, under in a short amount of time. Usually those formulations come with some type of creatine, some type of citrulline, agmatine, things of that nature. Um, so is it, it can be difficult, but also at the same time, you have to think, um, I bent over road five plates on a T-bar row machine last night. You do what you have to do during Ramadan to make the improvements. Being I mean, a, you know, being a Muslim ain't for everybody. There's a whole continent of guys who do fast during this time. And, and um, there's no shortage of muscle on any of those guys for whatever reason. So, you know, they've, they figured it out as that whole society has figured it out over over the centuries, you know. So, you know, it's uh, and it's it's just wild. Like, it's mentally challenging to train during Ramadan because I. Oh boy, the the religious police have gotten you now. You're paused. What's going on, guys? Larry Brown for the Fit for Duty podcast, Tenacity Strength podcast. Um, me and Vaughn really thank you for listening and watching the podcast. Uh, however, we had some extreme technical difficulties. We were just not able to overcome and finish out the podcast. So hence the shortened version that you guys just listened to. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, if you have any questions, please comment below. If there's a topic that you'd like us to touch on, please let us know. Um, we're on here on youtube we're on spotify we're on itunes so we have multiple outlets that we'd like to connect with you with and we just want to thank you for listening to us so until next time for my co-host bonnetine i'm larry brown and we'll see you on the flip side